You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, a show that uh, you all are very fond of, and uh, by the grace of, uh, yeah, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the show goes around the world, and the podcast is available to you 24-7. It's uh, time for medical files uh, this evening, and uh, let me welcome a pious and sagacious Umar with a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And, uh, well, people, he's back after many, many moons. And he's our very own. Uh, he's a natural science biologist and a medical practitioner, Dr. Shankara Chetty. Where, this evening, he puts the vaxes under the microscope. Definitely, this evening, you don't need no mask. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you don't need it. But Dr. Shankara Chetty will unveil the truth of all truths when it comes to a medical practitioner, when it comes to a natural science biologist who said it from the beginning. And you know what? Truth prevails and falsehood perishes. Dr. Shankara Chetty, good evening and thank you very much uh, for joining us on the platforms of uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'a. Tell me, Doc, how are you doing this fine, a beautiful evening? Uh, good evening, Shafat, and good evening to all your audience. Uh, I'm as well as can be expected, and I hope everyone is safe and fine out there. Yes, sir, Doc. You know, many have been uh, waiting in anticipation to speak to you. And in the meantime, you know, you had come onto this platform, you gave us news. And at that time, it was a news that the mainstream media frowned upon. Uh, it was the pharmaceutical companies that uh, looked upon. It was the uh, medical, uh, you know, most of the uh, medical practitioners were looking at you with uh, disdain and saying, you know, what are you talking about? But doctor, the time has gone over, two years have gone, and it seems as if the, uh, you know what, the two years and or the two and a half years has spoken. What's the latest, Doctor? And I believe you just had a very hearty engagement uh, with another uh, a professional in your in your field. Talk to us about that, Doc. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to listen because you're sitting in the lounge and you're talking to your family this evening. It's all yours, Doctor. Uh, Shafat, <clears throat> the perspective that I had from the start that there's something changing on the eighth day, likely to be hypersensitivity, that the mortality and morbidity of COVID was because of the body's reaction to a pathogen rather than being caused by a pathogen uh, has wholly been proven to be correct. Uh, the hypersensitivity uh, trigger that we that I noticed on the eighth day has been shown to be true. There's many articles that have been published about it. Uh, the treatment modality that I used, uh, which included very high dose of steroids to stop this reaction, and of course, uh, anti-cytokine measures, meaning antihistamines, Montelukast, to mop up the poisons released by your body in response to this, uh, have also shown to be effective. Uh, recently, uh, I had an interview with Dr. Peter McCullough, and one of the largest, he, he, he mentioned that one of the largest studies done on early treatment was done using antihistamines and high-dose steroids. And it showed the greatest benefit in redu reducing mortality and morbidity. Uh, as well, the recovery trial that was initially done in this pandemic showing the benefit of steroid uh, uh, 
which never got taken further very, very strangely, uh, also lends to that. Uh, the recovery trial showed that a steroid uh, added at the appropriate time showed great benefit. But for some reason, they never took that trial further to look at the dosages and the correct dosages. So they never got to the point where they realized that high-dose steroids are actually necessary. It took them a year and a half from their initial trial results of benefit to start looking at dosages. Uh, and that's, that's very telling, that we discover something that actually can work and it takes us 18 months to take the next step. So in my conversation with uh, Dr. McCullough, uh, he, he alluded, alluded to these trial results and of course, uh, which proved that I was correct with high-dose steroids and uh, antihistamines. But uh, that's a, a bittersweet victory in that it was never my intention to be proven correct. It was my intention to prevent people dying. And that never that never got to the fore, so uh, it's 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 the an award for anything means nothing, in that uh, it didn't have the outcome I would have hoped for, but in but all said and done, I think there's more to science that's been hidden from us for a very long time, and if this is the the key that's going to open up that door for further investigation into what we've been told, or what we're not being told, then so be it. Uh, I hope this is a catalyst for a for a new system of science and healthcare for our future. And if that's the only thing that gets achieved, uh, albeit the deaths that have occurred, then at least it provides a glimmer of hope for the future for all of us. So a lot of what's transpired from the start of this pandemic has been falsehoods, has been manipulation. Uh, the maskings, the lockdowns, all the measures that we've seen have been proven to be wholly unnecessary. And so it has affected society in more ways than it needed to. And I think that was the agenda from the start, a transformation of societal norms uh, to benefit a few. And uh, from the start, Shafat, I've been saying, we, they want to drive us back to being master and slave. And it looks like we're going that way. Uh, I think you'll have heard about the looming food crisis, which is actually bogus. Uh, Ukraine's being blamed for a lot of things, uh, fuel shortages, food shortages. Ukraine's not not such a great country to to feed the world. So uh, yeah, they, they they scapegoating. Bill Gates is now the largest farm owner in uh, America and in uh, India. Uh, they're buying up farmland. They're bringing in new restrictions like in the Netherlands and Canada to nitrogen usage that will decimate our food supply. So I guess if they don't poison us to death, they'll starve us to death. And uh, it seems to be the agenda. But of course, uh, there's Almighty out there and he's always around us. And I think uh, we protected as long as we believe. You know, Doctor, I want to give you full marks for that. And uh, as you said, uh, these uh, conglomerates, uh, which are part of the Zionist ploy uh, to make man, uh, you know, not uh, call people sheeple, to herd them into a one world disorder. And as you said, uh, they're buying off the rice fields, they're buying, uh, buying off the agriculture field. Now they're even blaming the cattle for, you know, um, uh, you know, bombing. Yeah, I'm not using yeah, the yeah, other yeah. word. For bombing yeah. and uh, ca uh, causing uh, carbon pollution. Whereas, you know, on the same, on the, on the other hand, 
they are dropping bombs, literally bombs upon bombs, nuclear warfare, and they're testing all these other emissions. They won't talk about that. That is nothing. Yeah. But the poor cow and the uh, and uh, and the bull and the sheep, hey, they're causing it badly, people. They're polluting you out of existence. And then they want to go into laboratories to make our meat. Yeah, they're going yeah. to uh, manufacture that. I mean, how can you sin against your intelligence, number one? And, you know, I'm just quoting uh, 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 an ayat from the uh, Holy Quran. Just one verse, doctor, where God yeah. says, Wallahu khayrul razikin. And I, God, I am the best of providers. Doctor, look at the look at the whale in the ocean. It eats one ton of krill a day, one whale. I don't know how many yeah. whales there are. And who's yeah. providing for it? Man, he's going to make that in his laboratory. So you're going to make one ton of krill for uh, one whale. If there's w- one million uh, whales there, can you cope? Uh, talk to us, Doc. Uh, Shabbat, I think this is a complete uh, disregard for nature and our creator. And I, I, I am actually very confident that the powers that be that show this disregard have absolutely no clue of the might that they're actually dealing with. Nature has a way of rectifying itself. So if we took human beings away from this planet for a period of 10 years, every semblance of our, of our existence will get wiped out. Nature will reclaim this planet. And ah, you don't cut your garden for 10 years and let's see what will happen to your house. Uh, so nature has a way, which is God in his work, has a way of controlling things. Now, this, this kind of uh, disregard for nature is because of man's ego. He thinks he can control everything. And this is a, a plan that's been hatched over more than 100 years. Uh, a lot of what we're being told, a lot of what we're being sold is all lies and propaganda. Uh, the world runs on taxes. We must pay our dues. And so they will always find new ways to tax us. You talk about the emissions. Uh, 20 years ago, they, some research scientist found a very, very uh, untenable correlation between carbon dioxide in the air and global warming. But uh, that was just one bit of science that showed a slight correlation between the rise in carbon dioxide and global warming. Now, if you look at carbon dioxide, it is one of the smallest or least elements in the atmosphere, the smallest percentage there, far greater other, uh, there are far greater uh, elements in the atmosphere to speak of. So you manage to draw uh, uh, an inference from something very minor. Uh, there were studies done with ice cores, where ice core, can you can look at a core of ice and it will date back almost 45,000 years and that ice actually has frozen in it the atmospheric conditions from that time. And if you look at those ice cores, you'll see that carbon dioxide levels fluctuated throughout the, that history of 45,000 years. And the carbon dioxide fluctuations did not correlate with temperatures at those times. But we take one study that has a very tentative connection with global warming, and then we use it to impose restrictions on the population, 
based on that study. And now we're going to the real McCoy carbon tax. So all of us will have to start paying a carbon tax. Yet over these 20 years, even with the slight rise in carbon dioxide, global temperatures have actually gone down. So the, the, uh, uh, the, the thought that uh, carbon dioxide 20 years ago is going to rise, rising carbon dioxide is going to cause global warming has not been founded. It has not even panned out. So I think a lot of what we've gone through as humanity over the past century has been a lot of collusion and misdirection. And uh, we got magicians at play instead of politicians. And uh, unfortunately, it has taken something like COVID uh, to wake us up. Uh, and this, this, is, this is how the world works. Uh, we're going to have to feel this pain for us to open our eyes and rise. And I think that's where we are in human history. God is testing us, and he wants mm. to see who's going to open their eyes and actually realize the mistakes we've made. But those that are those that are at the front of the pandemic propagating this, uh, I think they, they they miscalculated wholly, and they'll in a year or two they will realize that. No, absolutely, Doc. I want to work out a scenario for you, and I want you to you know comment on it whether you know you agree or disagree with it. You know, uh, I've got an article in front of me, and it says, uh, "Let America be a lesson to us." What happened in the United States when home cooking stopped? A doctor, listen to this. Famous American economist of the 1980s warned the people the kitchen has been handed over to private companies. And if the elderly give the child care also to the government, family responsibilities and its relevance will be destroyed. But very few people listened to this fine piece of advice. Cooking stopped at home and the habit of ordering outside thus led to the Almost extinction of the American families uh, had uh, been warned. Cooking with love means connecting the family with affection. Culinary art is not alone. The focal point of family culture. If there is no kitchen, just a bedroom, it's not a family. It's an hostel. What about American families who close the kitchen and think the bedroom alone is enough? In 1971, 71% of the U.S. household had a husband and a wife with children. By 2020, it had fallen to 20%. Families that lived then are now living in nursing homes, old age homes, Doc. In the United States, women now make up 15% of single households. Men make up 12% of single family. 19% of homes are owned by dad or mom only. 6% of the households are male, female shelters living together. 41% of all babies born today are born to unmarried women. Half of them are girls going to school. About 50% of the marriages in the United States end off in a divorce because of this mess, and so forth and so forth. They targeted the home. They targeted the kitchen. They took away, you know, that love and warmth. You know, when our moms cooked, uh, it yeah, was yeah. A TLC, the pot came out. And if we all ate, the whole family ate together, there was so much of, uh, you know, we call it baraka in Arabic, and I mean, there's so much flowed. There was so much of uh, uh, good in it that God gave abundance. That's the word I'm looking for. He gave us abundance when mom cooked that. Then they, once they managed to take the kitchen away from us, the cooking away from us, then they went for the religion. Today they have taken religion out of mankind. They have taken religion away and made everyone a circularist. I mean, uh, 
uh, religion. That's why we don't have empathy. We don't have sympathy. And when you find uh, during the COVID time, when family members are just passing on, and in uh, you know some of us uh, have come to the conclusion with the evidence that you have given, virtually killed. Uh, the practitioners are not showing any empathy, any sympathy, because they are captured by these irreligious people. Doctor, I want you to comment. Uh, you absolutely, uh, absolutely right, Shafat. Uh, there's a lot, uh, I think, as humanity that we don't see and we don't know and is kept hidden from us. Uh, the family structure is vitally important in our well-being, psychologically and physically, as a species. Now, this was a deliberate ploy from the start. Uh, the powers that be know that uh, the, the harmonious family is untouchable. It is strong. So there's a lot that's transpired over this last uh, a day, a century to break that up. Uh, initially, uh, it was uh, to, 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 to break the family up. Initially, it was to get the mum out of the home because she was the, the bond that brought everything together. And I mean, the Rockefellers financed the women's liberation movement uh, 80 odd years ago. Why would that be? Uh, simply because they would increase their tax base with women. Uh, they would uh, take the woman out of the home. And by doing that, they would damage the family structure and, of course, get access to the influence of your children. So your children are no more mom's responsibility. They're the teacher's responsibility. And the teacher gets paid by the government. So if you ask a parent today what their child is being taught, they have no clue. Uh, whereas that teaching started with the family. So it started all those years ago with uh, with what we call uh, the women's liberation movement. Uh, and of course, on the flip side of that, the male was the protector. The male was the person that uh, went out and made sure that his family was taken care of. But of course, we have had uh, 80 years of male uh, emasculation. And so today, males don't want to be, get involved in relationships. They don't want the responsibility of family. They'd rather sit in front of the TV with a video game rather than go out and meet people and find a mate and find a partner. So this was deliberately done to divide society. And as well, we've now gotten to the point where we're blurring the boundaries of sexuality by not... Uh, by not uh, uh, acknowledging that there are two sexes. Uh, so now there's, there's some 70 odd differentiations between. So it's about going against nature and nature's way. Uh, the next thing they did was with the food itself. Uh, food is your medicine. It's what keeps you, keeps you healthy. And by getting us to eat processed foods by takeout, defer our cooking to a third party. It's given that third party the ability to control us with the kinds of foods that we eat and what we actually put into our body. And remember, we have absolutely no clue what's in the food that we buy. We can be sure of the food that we grow with our own two hands. But as soon as it's bought from a shop, you don't know what went into that production. Uh, 
So a lot of the things that are artificially put into food are dangerous and toxic to us deliberately. Uh, Stephanie Senef, a researcher from MIT, has been looking at glyphosate, which is a weed killer used commonly in food production. And this weed killer was actually killing crops. So to prevent the crops from dying, they genetically modified the crops to withstand the weed killer. But we weren't genetically modified to withstand weed killer and we eat those crops. And 70% of the food that you have in your fridge right now is contaminated with glyphosate. Yet for these past 30 odd, 40 odd years, no one's done anything about it. So the powers that be control what we see and what we hear. And a lot of technology is hidden from us. Our understanding of life and the planet we live on is hidden from us. They don't want us to understand the simplicity with which we can connect to God and nature. And they want to make that as difficult as possible. We must not be allowed to subside, live on our own, without, on our own without requiring anything. So you'll have to pay your rates, otherwise they'll take your land. Soon you'll be paying a carbon tax uh, and that you will always be in debt. You will never be able to own a small piece of land and subside without requiring anyone around you. And as, as long as you require their assistance, you are dependent on them and you'll be controlled by them. So I think uh, this COVID pandemic has brought a lot to the fore. You know, Shafa, just, just two simple examples. Uh, we, When we look at science, we look at it from a very physical perspective. Uh, uh, <clears throat> we look at matter, physically what we can touch and feel and see and smell. But if you look at science itself, there's two branches of science that, well, there's many branches, but two important ones that I think we've been, uh, that we've not ignored, but have deliberately been kept away from us. Uh, the first uh, is uh, the science of resonance and frequency. Uh, everything around us is in a constant state of vibration. And uh, when two things vibrate at the same frequency, they resonate and amplify each other. And that frequency, the study of frequency, is vitally important in not just human existence, but nature. Uh, everything around us has a constant vibration at a very unique frequency. Now, that frequency explains how two people connect, how we can sometimes tell each other's thoughts. Uh, it, 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 it brings our understanding of science to a higher level. Now, that understanding of frequency has been hidden from us. Yes, uh, it, it extends over a broad range from low to high frequencies and how they interact. But we sold 5G. We're not told the full potential of 5G. We're told that it'll give us better download speeds, and so we all go out and want it. But 5G technology is military-based technology, and it has grave implications for human health. It has grave implications for uh, global warfare uh, and control. But we're not told that. So a lot of these technologies are developed through militaries around the world. And what we get to see is hand-me-downs once the technology is of no importance to the militaries anymore. 
So they investigate these technologies. They find ways that it would benefit them as far as weaponry and control, but they only show us what we need to know. Uh, so frequency is something that needs to come to the fore. There are people around the world, doctors around the world, curing cancers with it, understanding psychiatric illness with it, understanding our interconnectedness with nature with it. But these kind of this kind of science is always pushed to the side because humanity mustn't figure that out. And uh, the second science that I think is vitally important for humanity to progress is the science of water. It might sound a very simple thing, but uh, we all think water is H2O, but in actual fact, it's H3O2, which makes it a negatively charged molecule. And that's how water exists in your body. Now, when you look at water, water is 70% of this planet. Water is also 70% of your body. And as far as I'm concerned, I believe that water is one of the most intelligent substances on this planet. It is what makes Earth a magical place. If we want to go to Mars, the first thing we look for on Mars is water. If there's no water, life will not exist. Yet we take water for granted and we use it to flush the toilet. Now, when you look at water, Water's got memory. Water can be influenced by your thoughts. There's a whole range of things that water can do. If you look at memory, homeopathy is based on that. Uh, if you put a chemical into water, shake it up, and then remove that chemical completely, uh, that pure water that's left, if given to someone, will have the same properties as the chemical that was in it. So water has a memory. Uh, there's been a lot of research being done on uh, how thoughts uh, influence water. If you take a glass of water and get a person to make five drops and dry it and look at a uh, freeze dry it and look at it under a dark field microscope, you'll see a very specific pattern replicated five times. But if you give that glass of water to someone else to make five drops, you'll see a pattern replicated five times, but it won't be the same as the other person. So it shows that you individually influence the water. It's also, this is all scientifically documented. There is research proof of it, but it gets hidden from us. It's been shown that thought, emotion affects water. If you have good thoughts and you look at water under the dark field microscope, it shows a pattern. You take the same water and meditate on it with bad thoughts and it changes the pattern. So water is a very intellectual, intelligent substance on our planet that we don't realize. And it gets influenced by thought. Hence the word holy water. So I think we don't understand the full potential of water. And if I can influence water by simple thought, Shafat, you are 70% water. Be careful what the people around you are thinking. It will influence the water in your body and so affect your health. So I think it's vitally important that these little nuances that are uh, deliberately obscured from our plain view come forward in science to allow humanity to understand its place. Healing is not that hard. It's made to seem that way to sell products to us, to heal ourselves. But God's given us everything that we need in food, in medicine, in healing, in uh, psychiatric well-being. Uh, he's given us everything. 
we need absolutely nothing. But the powers that be would like to take his place and be the sole providers of our, of our, let's call it our quality to our lives. Doctor, absolutely fascinating. And I know you're a blessing uh, to have around us this evening. And I'm really enjoying your, uh, I can call it a pious and an informed company. And as you start talking, uh, talking about water, getting enough water every day, uh, is also, we know it's important for our health that drinking water can prevent dehydration. You know, that condition that causes unclear thinking. If you're dehydrated, you start hallucinating and so forth. And, uh, you know, it can also result in mood changes, cause your body, uh, you know, to uh, overheat and so forth and lead to constipation and kidney stones and, and many other diseases. That's without water. And then there was this Japanese uh, scientist that, that did a, a test and he said, you know, he took a tumbler of water and uh, used vulgar words on the water. And, you know, and, and looked at it again uh, under a, a very powerful microscope. And what do you think he saw, Doc? He saw that the water, it was like a tumultuous ocean. But when kind words and, you know, the words of uh, divinity was used on the water and he even play, played a few eyes of the noble Quran. I'm talking about a Japanese doctor. And he said yes, he saw yes. tranquility and, it became, you know, there was peace. And, uh, I, I, you know, I also recall uh, Dr. Rajan. I don't know if you know him, Dr. Rajan. He's a, 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 a very well, a Rajan Kupan. And he told me, you know, he told me, Shafat, I want from you. And I used to interview him many years ago in 2001 and two on a, a different platform, a medical show. And he, he asked for the 99 names of Allah. And I said, Dr. Rajan Kupan, why do you want it? He said, you know what? I, I love to play this in my surgery so that whenever my patients come in, they get into this tranquil mood. And you know, the, yeah. the point that you made now, uh, Dr. Shankara, is uh, that uh, absolutely you're 110% correct. And uh, many people don't even look into this. Why is this said? As you said, they put it under file 13 because the cure is there. Water yeah. is, 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 is cure. Water is life. And, uh, you know, without water, there's no life, uh, doctor. Yeah, and uh, Shafat, the, the simple act of recognizing the potential of a glass of water and its ability to heal you before you actually drink it can change the way that water nourishes your body. So the disrespect we have for water will lead to the demise of our planet. We know that water sustains life. So it's not just about drinking six glasses of water a day. It's about what do you put into that water before you put it into your body itself? How do you think of that water? Because that water can do a myriad of different things dependent on what you actually put into it. Your thoughts, your emotions, what you want from that water can manifest itself. But we just flush the toilet with it. We have this disrespect. And God will take it away from us and make us suffer without it, and then we'll realize its benefit. So there's a lot in science that we are unaware of. You think about the soothing sound of water. Uh, there's so much that water offers us. In Sanskrit, uh, there are 280 odd different words that describe water. But uh, so what we just think of it as water, but water exists in many, many different forms. And there's been a lot of science into how the body works. We're 70% water. And how does this water actually interact and keep us healthy? 
But all that science has been kept on the on uh, kept to the side. Nobody must investigate further. So it's something that I'm hoping to take further in future. You know, uh, Shafat, we had a presentation. Uh, I'm uh, with the Doctors Federation for the World. Uh, it's an organization that looks at alternate ways of treating illness. Uh, what we're trying to do is level the playing field. We don't want the pharmaceutical industry having this bigger hand in a global health care. This organization was founded in 2020 in Italy, and uh, I was asked to present my work. And uh, Philip Macmillan was elected vice president, and I was forced into being the vice president because of my attitude towards healthcare. And so twice a month, we have a meeting where we host doctors from around the world presenting on alternate unusual treatments, but with evidence based to it. Now, just 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 uh, an understanding of the simplicity. Uh, in uh, our last meeting, we had a doctor from uh, Mexico present on uh, sound therapy, Tibetan bowls and crystal bowls, and she's been using it to cure certain kinds of cancers. And she's got three hospitals in the United States using sound therapy for the treatment of cancer, just sound. Uh, there was another doctor from Pakistan who presented to us on the same night about how our, our uh, environment or our awareness of our environment affects our health and how we shouldn't be too aware of the things that we're not meant to be aware of. Uh, so with the opening of uh, channels of, uh, of information, like the internet, TV, and all that, it's led to a great distraction of humanity, and that's caused a lot of psychiatric problems. And so being able to close your mind and introspect is one of the greatest things you can do for your health. And uh, the third doctor, which was the most fascinating thing, was uh, Dr. Bishwarup from India. And he was looking at submersion therapy. Basically, all it entails is to sit in a bathtub of water from the neck down for two hours, and the water must be at 40 degrees Celsius. And what he did, he took patients in chronic renal failure that were on dialysis, and he made them sit in a bathtub of water at 40 degrees Celsius for two hours, three times a week. That's all, just sit in a bathtub of water. And over a period of three months, <clears throat> every and they, they didn't go for dialysis in that period. Uh, so basically, what uh, from a scientific perspective, he was take, getting your skin to sweat in that bathtub of water and take over the function of your kidney for that period of time. And uh, most patients lost on average a kilo in that two hours. Uh, in three months, Every single one of those patients had uh, kidney functions that had returned to normal. Every single one of them on ultrasound had showed regrowth of their kidney. And every single one of them got off the kidney transplant list. Uh, he actually showed us videos in rural India where people that lived in mud huts had actually dug a trench outside their home and put a plastic sheet over it and filled it with water and sat in there for two hours, uh, three times a week. Now, if Renal failure can be cured with that simplicity. Why isn't it mainstream? Uh, because there's no money in it. 
Uh, dialysis is an expensive thing. It's got to be done in hospital. And it will never solve your problem. You'll eventually require a new kidney. Uh, he's even shown benefit in uh, liver failure and in cardiac failure with the same technique. Uh, on that day, uh, it's strange that those three speakers got brought together on my platform. But what I realized was that they were describing to me the environment in a pregnant uterus. Uh, when a child is developing in a mother's womb, it is bathed in water that way. And so its skin has a lot of function with that water in detoxifying. It is insulated from its external environment completely. Uh, and it is, in con it is in constant, continuous harmony with its mother's frequency. Because that child can hear mom's heartbeat, mom's voice, mom's digestion. It can hear everything going on in mom's body. So is it that simple that if we recreate certain environments, like in a pregnant uterus, it would lead to rejuvenation and healing? Now, those are the kind of scientific uh, breakthroughs that humanity needs, not the understanding that uh, we depended on the pharmaceutical industry and nothing else will work. And I think this pandemic, with the, uh, with the suppression of early treatment and the punting of vaccinations is going to open up people's eyes, even if it's going to take carnage to do that. So we, we, we're getting to a turning point in both human history, uh, humanity, and I think in science and the way we look at science. Science is meant to be true. Science is meant to be questioned to unravel the truth. And that's not happened for more than 100 years. So I think uh, we had we had a big, great turning point. But uh, people need to rise and wake up and take ownership of their lives. Uh, we can't leave it to this 1% of the population to tell us what's right and wrong. Quite frankly, from what they've done so far, uh, they don't have God anywhere close to them. And we should be very cautious about what we take from them. You know, Doctor, you, it's actually fascinating. And uh, I've got a very close friend of mine uh, who had uh, migrated to uh, Canada, uh, you know, about uh, 35 years ago. And unfortunately, the other day, you know, uh, I heard that both his uh, kidneys, are, you know, have malfunction. And, uh, you know, his, uh, his family was telling me it's, uh, it's time that, uh, you know, they have to find a donor uh, kidney for him to survive and that. So in, 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 in other words, you're telling me that uh, this doctor that you know from India, um, if, if this guy, uh, friend of mine, he's, both his kidneys are like uh, virtually gone, uh, he, his kidneys can be so, rejuvenated if he follows uh, uh, this, uh, this uh, doc? Yeah, Shafat, there's always hope. You know, uh, I've got a patient of mine. <clears throat> She's the uh, South African uh, ambassador to Argentina. Uh, she came to me about two months ago. Uh, she's a, a fairly new patient uh, when she heard about my work with COVID and she had COVID. Uh, she came to see me. She lives in Peter Maritzburg and got a holiday home here. And she contacted me two months ago to say her GP and specialist in uh, Peter Maritzburg told her that she's in kidney failure and she'll require dialysis. And it's about time that they start making the appointments with the relevant uh, physicians, uh, specialist physicians to get her onto a dialysis program. But she f wanted first to come and discuss it with me, and she preferred that she do it here. And so we talked about it. I did a kidney function. Her filtration rate was in the low 20s. 
uh, at that point where dialysis now becomes necessary. And so I was in the process of getting her an appointment with a specialist physician when on that fateful weekend we had this talk with Dr. Bishwarup in India. And I called her back immediately on Monday morning and said, please, you need to come and see me. And I advised her on this uh, to fill a bathtub uh, with water and uh, three times a week for two hours sit in it and just make sure it's around 40 degrees. Get a thermometer and every time it cools, just pour a little bit of more hot water into it. And she asked, and I said, before you go to the specialist, I'd like to repeat your kidney function test. Now, I'm going to repeat her kidney function, uh, I think, in the next two weeks before she goes to the specialist. Uh, she came to see me after three weeks of doing this uh, for her referral letter and the rest. And when she came to see me, I had noticed a drastic change in her, in that she had lost weight. She was looking a lot better. So I just asked her, I said, you know, have you been doing what I said? And she said, oh, religiously. And I said, you look like you've lost weight. And she said, Doc, I'm feeling so much better. And everyone around me has been saying that, that I've lost so much weight and I'm looking so much better. So we both are very eager to see what her kidney function looks like with one month of doing this. And I can be, I, I am almost sure that I'm going to see a great benefit. So the simplicity of certain things, we might not understand it, but sometimes faith entails uh, following what God puts out there without question. If it works, it works. We'll figure out how. Uh, I think a lot of uh, people involved in science know how these things work, but prefer that we don't know so they can profit from it. Yeah, it's all about uh, duping the masses and uh, talking about uh, things. I mean, uh, when uh, COVID started off and, you know, people were skeptical. Uh, I mean, people like yourself said this hasn't been uh, tested. And you found uh, that these pharmaceuticals said, no, 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 no. We went and we have done many tests and it was uh, thoroughly tested. And we found uh, that, you know, uh, it will work and it will do this. And subsequently, people that took the shots and took the second shot and took the boosters, Many had passed on. Many even got more sick. And uh, suddenly there was a hue and cry and then the, the silence came in. And, uh, uh, you know, then uh, 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 the Ukraine uh, issue comes in and then the food crisis comes in. You know, they failed. I think they failed with the with the vaccination theory or, you know, uh, getting the world vaccinated. In, in, in Africa, it was a total failure. And then uh, you found out that, uh, well, they're bringing this war. And you so eloquently said that there's enough food. There is enough food, but they're dumping food in the in the ocean. Excess eggs is dumped, and or name it. Even the rice fields are bought off. They burn all the rice fields, and they just leave a quarter so that they can keep them uh, the, the the prices at 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 an optimal uh, level and 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 dupe the masses. And then you make the point about uh, you know this. Uh, uh, about the kidney thing is it's, it's fascinating to me, doctor. It's uh, really fascinating. But something else I wanted to discuss with you, as you said, they won't let you even use your own land at home for self-subsistence yeah. or uh, for gardening. But you know, look at uh, the, the the power uh, crisis that we got, and that too they say is orchestrated so that they can get in and you know take money from you. Those that have invested money on getting off the grid and getting their solar panels and uh, so people are digging boreholes and uh, so forth, uh, soon they will be taxed for being off the grid. I mean, does that make sense to you, doctor? You know, these people are so evil, 
that you spend maybe half a million or million rands to get off the grid, but they say, no, 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 we'll still tax you for that. Talk to they'll us. Find some. Yeah, they'll find something, Shafat. They can't let the, they can't let go of the leash. Uh, we must understand that. And the only way we can is if all of us pull on our leashes at the same time, then they let go of us. Humanity needs to claim its right to exist back. And this is where we got problems. Just recently, I think a few a few weeks ago in America, they started targeting self-sufficient uh, Amish farmers. Now, these Amish farmers existed subsistence for generations. Why would you now go and want to target them? And targeting them on stupid technicalities. Uh, simple things like when they, when they hunt deer, uh, they must have refrigeration facilities. Uh, but uh, uh, if you don't have refrigeration facilities, then you're not allowed to do that. Uh, they, they, they're just finding uh, unnecessary measures that they enforce uh, just to make sure that you cannot operate freely. So all the laws and things, if you look at the last 50 years, almost every law that's been brought in has been there to curtail your freedoms, not to empower your freedoms. So when they bring in all these new regulations about uh, all the chemicals and things you can use and the, the whole toot, it's about limitation. It's not about freedom. It's about making sure that they can tax you and control every single part of your existence. So that's that's definitely where we're going as humanity. But if we rise up, uh, remember, this is just 1% of the planet doing this with this agenda. So I think humanity needs to find common ground and come together. And if we can do that, we'll realize our power. We are We are very powerful in unity. The vaccines, the COVID pandemic, all that was meant to just divide society. Uh, of course, the culling is there, the injuries are there. You know, we had a, <clears throat> we had a meeting in Malaysia uh, this Sunday, and uh, it was about vaccinating the uh, six-month-old upwards, and we're trying to encourage the uh, Southeast Asian countries not to go down this road. I think they've seen the, the side effects. And uh, there were quite a few people who were asking questions about the validity of the vaccines. And sometimes you, they asked me if I thought this was intentional. And sometimes intent is very difficult to, to prove. Uh, whether it's a bioweapon is a different story. Uh, you can see that it's dangerous, uh, deliberately dangerous. And you can see that nature doesn't conspire in this way. But of course, the technology is not the problem. It's the intent. So your your knife can butter your bread or st stab your neighbor, but it wasn't the knife's fault. It was your intent that caused the problem. So when we look at the vaccines and what's happened, I asked two bits of logic. One was that we used new technology to make a vaccine, but we were in a rush. And when you're in a rush, you grab a tool that you know. You don't grab an unknown tool. Uh, now, we decided we're making a vaccine with messenger RNA. But then we celebrated in six months that we managed to make a vaccine. What a great achievement for humanity. But in two years, with the changing of all the variants, we've not modified the vaccine. We've not made it more effective to cope with the new variants. Now, that has to be questioned. It's like someone telling me, you know, we needed transport urgently. 
And in six months, we managed to build a car. But for two years, that car's been standing on the spot with a flat tire. And nobody's been able to repair that flat tire. Now, if you could build a car, surely you can repair a flat tire. But that begs the question, uh, was this car ever meant to move? Because the people that be seem to be satisfied with it standing on that spot. It was never meant for transport. So you've got to look at what the intentions are. What is going on around us? With the messenger RNA as well. Uh, this is something that I think I shocked people by putting that science on the table. The messenger RNA gets into your body, makes your body make spike protein. Your body reacts to spike protein by building antibodies. And those antibodies are what we're looking to make. And if those antibodies are neutralizing, any virus with that spike protein will get killed by those antibodies. So the end product of the vaccination is the manufacture of antibodies to spike protein. Now, the messenger RNA is very unstable. It needs a minus 90 degree Pfizer fridge. We don't know uh, how far it will distribute in your body. We don't know whether it's going to integrate into your DNA. We don't know how much of spike protein it will make and for how long. We don't know the side effects. And so there are all these variables to this vaccination campaign that are almost impossible to predict or control. But if you made spike protein rather than messenger RNA and injected someone with spike protein, your body will recognize it as foreign and you'll make antibodies to spike protein. So the outcome would be the same, antibodies to spike protein. And the manufacture of, manufacture of spike protein is far simpler in a laboratory. It would not require a minus 90 degree Pfizer fridge. We can get the dosing perfect. We know that your body's not making it. We're making it and putting it in. So we know how long it's expected to last. We'll be able to tell how far it'll distribute and ma manage toxicity. Uh, so injecting someone with a protein-based spike vaccine would give us the same outcome without all the problems that we have with messenger RNA. So why wasn't this done? Why didn't we use such a simple technique? And why was messenger RNA necessary? Why do you want to turn the human body into a factory for spike protein when you can make it outside the human body and inject it then? Why this unnecessary step of messenger RNA? Which shows the messenger RNA was wholly unnecessary in the manufacture of spike protein. But it definitely has a purpose that we're not told of. So I think that uh, people need to just look at this scientifically and logically and ask the right questions, and we'll understand that there's something amiss. Yeah, and well, one thing, you know, when uh, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, they, they had to do that because NATO was playing a game with them and the U.S. Yeah. and so forth. Uh, they discovered laboratories that were, you know, creating uh, infectious diseases and uh, you know, biochemical things uh, to, 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 to wipe out uh, mankind. And uh, Putin said, I'm going to reveal this to the world. This is what I have taken and captured all these laboratories to save mankind and so forth. And, you know, uh, all these things uh, is, 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 is not told to us. But uh, this yeah. is what uh, they're subtly doing. They, they, they're just trying to put, uh, you know, mankind away. And with the pharmaceuticals, you're thinking, you know, I'm getting treatment. As you, you spoke about the dialysis and many other types of, uh, you know, medication you take place, it's actually doing you more harm 
or they make you, you know, independent. You, you have to be de- uh, dependent on them. Actually, making everyone addicts on uh, medicine that eventually will kill them, uh, doctor. Yeah, Shafat. It's uh, it's 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 when you look at the Ukraine, uh, the bioweapon facilities and things that were there was only the tip of the iceberg as to the evil that occurs in that country. We are aware that. Uh, Uh, The country itself has a predominance of uh, Nazi supporters. Uh, We are well aware of uh, the bioweapon facilities. But ever since Russia's invaded, a lot more has come out. Uh, They found uh, Ukraine to be a center for money laundering globally. They found the Ukraine to be a center for child trafficking globally, for prostitution globally for uh, organ uh, trans uh, for 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 organ uh, harvesting uh, internationally so there's a lot of evil going on when i look at what's going on in the ukraine i'm sad to say but uh, ukraine looks like uh, a central axial point for evil on the planet and i think that's the reason the west is so heavily invested in it I think it, I mean, the Bidens, um, the Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, a lot of people from America and UK and Europe have great investment in the Ukraine. But why? Why the Ukraine? What's so special about that country? And I think uh, there's more that's going on there. Uh, there is a lot of evil that's taking place in that country. And I think that's what spurred Putin to make a stand, to push and get involved. Uh, what what I see happening is there's going to be a split, and it's it's imminent. It's uh, it's imminent. This the split. Uh, it's going to be the BRICS group of nations: Brazil, India, China, South Africa, uh, uh, Russia, and of course it now recently they've invited Argentina, uh, the uh, Saudi group of countries. Uh, there's a lot of countries that want to join, and I'm hoping that that takes shape and will pose an effective opposition to the Western powers that be. And if you look at these countries that already form part of the BRICS group of nations, they are the ancient civilizations of our planet. They are the ones with thousands of years of history and culture and uh, understanding of our place on the planet, be it religion. Uh, And uh, these cultures, from the BRICS group of nations, are the ones that have been raped and colonized and looted by the West and ignored. So I think it's time that the science, what I speak of tonight with water and frequency, is part of many religions in the world. This is knowledge that's ancient and has been shunned by the West as quackery. But it's going to come to the fore again. And yeah, unfortunately, COVID has 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 been necessary to show up the divisions in the world and get those of us from the East that are, are part of old cultures to rise again and claim our place. And so I'm hopeful that the BRICS group of nations comes together and forms an alternate system where we can have our own financial system, our own banking system, uh, allow uh, different, different freedoms, because we're very diverse countries. If you look at Brazil, it's the Aztecs. China has all cultures. India does to Russia. Now we're looking at Saudi with Islam and all the other. So, so the ancient religions seem to be quietly coming together. And I think when I say God has a plan, uh, 
Ukraine seems to be the central axis of evil on this planet. And in countenance of that, God seems to be quietly bringing together all the old religions in unity. And so I'm hopeful. Yeah, absolutely, Doctor. You're getting the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Eastern Orthodox uh, Christian Church coming to the fore, and they say, uh, you know, even uh, Putin is part of that. And uh, absolutely brilliant uh, this evening, uh, Doctor Shankara Chetty. Also, when you talk about the water, the Quran talks about, you know, look at the ocean. You know, the Amazon basin, the water rushes into the sea, and one is uh, sweet and palatable, and the other is salty. And, you know, you can't drink that water, but there's a distinct barrier. You can see that barrier and you can see that one of the miracles it talks about, I think at Cape Town, you can see that barrier too, where there's a distinct line, one water you can drink and the other you cannot drink. But all this is fascinating. You really added to a brilliant evening, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty. Your parting words? Uh, Shafat, I think humanity has hope. I don't think any, anyone has anything to fear. And I, I think that as long as we have faith and as long as we're willing to accept mistakes that we made, responsibility for our actions and what let's call it repentance for our actions, we'll all be saved. And I think it's just acknowledgement of God that's needed. Acknowledgement of the almighty will be our savior, irrespective of how we see him and how we choose to worship him. Just the acknowledgement of his existence will be the savior of humanity. And I think that's where hope comes from. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty. There'll always be uh, God willing uh, more time for us uh, in the future to talk about fascinating issues that is uh, so palatable to the ear. It's also palatable to the heart. And, uh, you know, thank you very much once again. You have a blessed evening. Talk to you soon, as I said. And uh, we'll meet you soon, Doc. Thanks, Shapat, and best wishes to all your listeners, too. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, the time for us to go for the Isha Zan. And inshallah, when you get back, pertinence are punctuated. We'll be joining you. <laughs>